This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, guys. I hope everyone's doing well. On this episode, um, I'm super excited and hungry after listening to it. Um, we have Kate Kennedy from Wright's Dairy Farm, The Right Scoop, um, a very famous, uh, I would say iconic dessert and 100%. dairy um, establishment in Northern Rhode Island, more specifically Smithfield. North Smithfield. No, I'm sorry, North Smithfield. There Nick goes with the geography. Different places. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> um, no, but Kate was incredible. Um, she is so knowledgeable. Obviously, you have to be that. It's funny because when you get like del- delicious desserts from like a rights or like you get some of their milk or, you know, whatever you're buying there, there's so many processes and, and intricate parts to that brand and that family and it's just crazy and she's she's very inspirational at the end of the day uh, a dairy farm is a farm uh, and there's so many moving parts on any farm and it's just way more than you think about there's Mm. more employees there's more science that goes into it there's a whole nutrition aspect and how many animals they have and how big it is and it's just way more than you would think would be involved as just one of those things because i think your milk is something you just don't even think about yeah 90 percent of people it's like a lot of the stuff you pick up at a grocery store uh i think for this one for me um it's probably the closest I've had so far to uh, Sasha's uh, fangirling uh, San- Sanjeev <laughs> uh, situation where it was like her favorite restaurant and she was really excited. Um, I was really excited to have mine. So I'm from North Smithfield and this is in North Smithfield. Yeah. And Wright's Dairy Farm has been like part of my life since I was born. That's so cute. And like we I, we were just about to talk about this before we hung up. But like weirdly enough, like a dairy farm obviously also smells like manure <laughs> and when you drive past it and you drive near it even when you're on that stretch of the highway on 146 near it you can smell it yeah and i bet to a lot of people who didn't grow up around it it's probably not the greatest smell yeah. um but also cow manure doesn't smell like it's not bad you think of it. it's, it's like, like oh that like, smells like poop like smells no like it's earthy. different and to me yeah exactly to me it's like almost like a comforting thing yeah it's like around that area Nick loves cow poop i love cow poop <laughs> Um, what if we, if you were going to take one thing away from this entire conversation, <laughs> you can just stop now. Nick loves poop. Um, no, but it's just really interesting. It, it's one of those going to a real dairy farm versus going to a, a store yeah. uh, is a much more of a visceral experience. Mm-hmm. You see the animals, you can get out and pet the the calves and you, you can smell it and, and you can see so it. And they're so cute then... and they're so happy there. They have like big, big fields that they get to roam around in and yeah. from our Kate, our, our Kate with conversation our conversation with Kate (laughs) you know they have like specialty doctors that take care of the cows make sure their diet is perfect make sure that they're happy and it's like you know we're all about shopping local and and you know patronizing our small local businesses and even though Wright's Dairy Farm seems big they're still a local business in our you know going there and buying your milk or, or whatever there versus going somewhere else like you're helping the 
local economy, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and it's farm to table in more of a complete way where like a lot of the time, you know, farm to table, you think of like vegetables mm-hmm. or something that like, you know, you pull them out, you have to clean them, yep. you know, probably sort them and then you get get them to a supermarket. Like the a dairy farm is a place that's uh, it's literally farm, from farm and to they're, table. They're creating something yeah. right on the premises, whether that be milk or anything made from uh, that, uh, you know, butter and milk and mm-hmm. uh, any kind of dairy stuff and baked goods in there. Arguably, in my opinion, as a person from North Smithfield, the best baked goods in the state. Wow. Other people, there's other great places. Um, Nick, but seal of approval. That is mine. So Also, um, just as a, a really quick kind of like finish finalizing statement guys my brain does not work anymore um (laughs) we were talking about this today too (laughs) kate is um like rights is a is a long time family run and owned business kate is fifth generation and her sort of like project in her generation of the farm is the right scoop which is like the most amazing delicious tasty ice cream um which she talks a lot about and and how the process they say and it's similar to what nick was saying farm to table they say it's from cow to cone and she talks about that process it's really cool they have a pop-up um i guess it's not a pop-up it's like a permanent pop-up um in um warren at blount clam shack and they're working on some other exciting things but yeah kate is just like one of those people that you you know what she does and then you talk to her and you're like holy crap there's so much more than what you do it's it was really cool yeah and this is uh probably one of our longer uh intros but if you stuck around this long without skipping ahead <laughs> congratulations to you our uh, brains don't work anymore yeah we're having a hard time with our brains in general this week so thanks for sticking with us uh, i really enjoyed this conversation i really enjoyed this episode i think everybody else is going to too so uh like before we said crack a beer and this one, you know, open a pastry box. But, but wait, really quick. What if you if this person was going to get a pastry from rights to listen to this episode, what would be your choice? Um, weird choice for me, but it's they're called meltaways. OK, I couldn't even really describe it to you. You would just have to go and try one. OK, um, but they're my favorite thing that they sell. And mine is their strawberry shortcake or their brownies because they're very, 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 very tasty. So grab one of those. Now. Any of those right now. Um, hopefully, you just happen to be listening to this intro on your way <laughs> on your to way right right. Dairy Farm. Uh, and you can pick something up and then uh, you know listen to the rest of this episode. Uh, check out Wright's Dairy if you've never been there. Check out the Right Scoop if you've never been there. And uh, kick back, enjoy the episode, and uh, you know, have fun, guys. Exactly. Um, it must be good and bad that you live so close to where you work. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love it in the sense where I can pop home for lunch mm. if I need to do something. I can be back and forth. It's also like, oh, I'll just pop over to work for five minutes to take care of X, Y, and Z. And then you're there for six hours. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my day off. Yeah. But it is. it has been in the past year because we opened the trailer in Warren. Mm-hmm. So like having a 45-minute commute was also like, that was new. Yeah. And then we're working on the new spot in Providence. So yep. driving to Providence. But it's nice because I, I mean, working and living in North Smithfield, mm-hmm. I can go like weeks without leaving town, <laughs> yeah. which is like, I like to get out of the bubble. I'm mm-hmm. not like the stereotypical Rhode Islander that's like, I can't go 15 minutes. It's too <laughs> far. So far commute. Much too far. Yeah. It's great being like, oh, I have to go to Warren on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, stop here and here and get these things that I like to do. So did you like when you guys, so I know we'll get more into details about like the right scoop or whatever, but I'm curious just because we're talking about it now. What made you decide to do Warren and then to do Providence, like as different locations? 
Yeah, so Warren, I mean, it, it was all kind of like fell together. Mm. We knew a lot of people had suggested Warren because it's kind of an up and coming area. Totally. Um, it's not as far as say like Bristol, you know, it's still, it's pretty close to off the highway. Mm -hmm. um, what ended up really happening is what must have been two years ago at this point, I ended up on a panel with someone from Blount mm. um, who is part of like Blount, um, their soup making business, yep. which is like that's, they're a very large soup yeah, manufacturer. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, yeah. Really, really big. And I ended up on a panel with someone from there and, you know, we started chatting because mm. I'm a huge nerd for like <laughs> processing and business stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh, I would love to, you know, tour your facility and he and also at the same time, people were like, oh, it'd be cool if you were like in partnership with Blount on the waterfront, like mm. there's space there because they have a trailer and we're mobile too. Yeah. Um, and when I started talking to the guy at Blount, he's like, oh, you have to meet Todd, the owner of Blount, because he loves ice cream. And oh, he my would God. be so happy to like <laughs> talk to you about all of this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's like very like coincidental. Yeah. They had been kind of looking for someone to pair with the trailer by the water, right? It was very, like, it it's all cosmic. just kind of fell together. Yeah. And the Blount family has, they just have a lot of similar core value um, as we do as mm. a family business, multi-generational, like mm -hmm. they've been in Warren for a really long time. Um, and Todd is just super cool. I mean, Aww. he's the owner of this like multi-million, they may even be making like a billion dollars. And That's he crazy. like took the day I got to go to Fall River and like be in their test kitchen. And Aww. like, you know, he's gave us a, f a tour of the plant where they mm -hmm. have like 1,300 people working. Oh my and God. And just like the vats of soup being made <laughs> and like everything. Be it was It was really, really cool. Yeah. And he's been a great kind of sounding board. And just like really involved with getting us in Warren and like fielding all of the permitting and mm -hmm. like he, they've just been a really, really great partners. And everybody else who even works at Blount, like they really made us feel like part of the family. Mm -hmm. um, so it was great. And we're, you know, on track for next year to be there again. Oh, so, good. Yeah. It does make a lot of sense. Um, like even just hearing you talk about it now, because the with the Airstream, right? That's what it's called, the Airstream. It's technically a streamline. A streamline. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I, I'm not good with technical names, but like you're, you know, it's mobile, it's fun, it's fa it's very family friendly. Like who doesn't want to get like clam cakes and chowder and then get local ice cream like right, right afterward? You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it pairs together really well. That was like such a smart move. Yeah, it's, I mean, you say that and then people eat like a whole bowl of clam chowder and, and <laughs> clam cakes when it's 90 degrees and they're like, no more dairy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did not even think about that. But um, we, now that, I mean, it, it was definitely a slow start to the season in Warren last year, but by the end of the summer, mm. it seemed like we had developed quite a following and people knew that we were there. Mm. Um, so I think that next year we'll definitely be starting on a stronger footprint too and just building on that. That's awesome. Yeah, so. Warren. <clears throat> Warren's a cool area anyway. Like it, it, it's like you were saying before, it is kind of like an up and coming. I'd even say it's like an up and coming like food area. Mm. Yeah. Like they're like that strip in, I don't know if you want to call it like downtown Warren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that little area in Warren. Unquote. Uh, but like all the little like farm to table places and small little like boutique type of spots. And I love Warren. Uh, we were just talking to Jeremy, Jeremy Duffy from the guild and yep. they just put a spot over there too. So it's uh it's building up too. Yeah. Right in that. Um, 
it's in that kind of apartment complex over mm. there, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, and he was saying similarly to like what you were saying, like because it's up and coming, it's like, you know, there's a kind of a niche about Warren where it's not like super like nautical coastline. Like it still has that kind of like, for lack of a better term, like an edginess to it. Well, and it's still kind of like working class. Yeah. I feel more so yeah, than yeah. Bristol is. Mm-hmm. Bristol, I feel like you get in Barrington, you mm-hmm. get a lot. It's like a little bit more hoity-toity. Totally. I feel like Warren is more of the demographic of like North Smithfield. You yep. have a lot of tradespeople. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of just like hardworking kind of. Totally. So it definitely fit our demographic too. So I want to, I know we're talking about like locations. Now I'm going to like backtrack. A, a bunch. So, Kate, you're from Wright's Dairy Farm, but you started the Wright Scoop. That's your sort of like creation. How did that come about? How did that, what inspired you? What, how did it get going? Yeah, I've actually had the name the Wright Scoop since I was in high school. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, had you asked me in high school, oh, you're going to go on to like be part of the family business, I would have been like, no. Heck no. But I want to start an ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of, you know, you're in high school. You don't really know what actually goes into starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the name, the right scoop picked out. And I spent a lot of time in high school, like making ice cream at mm. home. Um, my now husband, who we went to high school together, um, he got me like a waffle cone maker for oh, Christmas one so year. Cute. So like, it's funny, the first year that we started pop-ups for mm-hmm. ice cream, like we used that little waffle cone maker that oh. I had had for so many years, totally oh burnt it out. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so the dream was always kind of there. The mm. name was always kind of there. Um, how did it actually come to be? Um, it's kind of like a not a long story, but so I went to UMass Amherst. Mm-hmm. I studied, I've always been a foodie mm-hmm. and interested in kind of like agriculture and the food industry. And um, when I graduated from college, I it was sustainable agriculture, but I was more interested in kind of like the food systems and policy side mm-hmm. of things. Um, when I first graduated, I was working at Farm Fresh Rhode Island. Mm. I was doing um, some farm to school stuff. I did some research stuff. I worked in their pack house. Um, I also worked at a restaurant because <laughs> you don't pay your bills when you yeah. work at a nonprofit. <laughs> um, so, you know, just kind of a little bit of this and that. Mm. And um, I say I found a lot of things that I knew I didn't want to do. Like I, after teaching for a little bit, I was like, I am not cut out to be a teacher. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah. Research is too like the whole kind of like nonprofit slash um, like doing things grant project by grant project was mm-hmm. like a little bit too stressful for me. I needed something more reliable that I could like really sink my teeth into. Um, and right around that time I had finished school, I was working and my uncle who had been managing dairy processing at the farm for a really long time, um, who I just kind of assumed would continue working there until he was ready to retire, Mm. um, was basically like, I'm done with this. Um, milk (laughs) sales had been declining and he didn't really want to like put a new spin on it. There was kind of some pressure from the family to like, what are you going to do about, Mm. you know, milk? It was a national trend. It's not like we were doing anything differently. It was just everyone was drinking less milk. Um, 
And he was just kind of like, over I don't, it. I, yeah, I'm over this. I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. What are you gonna, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to leave <laughs> and let you guys deal with this. Yeah. Um, and I was 23 at the time and just naive enough to be like, I'll I can do, do this. This will wow. be great. If I, you know, in the back of my mind, I think I was like, if I ever want to grow this ice cream thing, mm -hmm. here is an opportunity for me to come in in the department that would actually like own that. Mm. Um, and I, uh, timing is everything. I think being a little bit naive and not knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, my sister had come back and tried to kind of rejoin the business after she went to school. Mm. She's 10 years older than me. She went to school for animal science, trying to come in on the farm side. And it, you know, she was directly butting heads with my dad who like it wasn't going anywhere. You yeah. know, he was there and it was a little bit of an old school method versus the new school method. And yep. I really lucked out in the sense that like I got to walk in and I didn't have someone. I mean, I worked with my uncle for a couple of months, but when I think back to like walking into that situation <laughs> and not having spent like years working underneath him, yeah, I really got my butt handed to me for sure. Um, and it took me probably two years to like fully wrap my head around just like getting the milk pasteurized mm. and bottled and the equipment and the like getting a team underneath a me and like walking into just like paper systems of like, well, how do you make production numbers? Oh, we just like use this sheet of paper. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and because no. I and because like that tribal knowledge kind of left with my uncle, I yeah. had to kind of start from ground zero and create new systems, which yeah. which was, you know, and there was one other staff person who was worked with me for maybe like two years and then he ended up leaving too. And so it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> oh, total turnover. <laughs> like we don't have any more, you know, entrenched knowledge, which mm. was a blessing and a curse because I got to start over and like totally revamp the culture and mm. totally overhaul all the systems and we wouldn't be where we are now without having that, that like happen. force of hand to yep. be like okay you gotta it's like do or die right now yeah um so yeah definitely it took me a couple of years to like wrap my head around things yeah. get some systems in place get some good people underneath me well being a 23 year old i'm sorry but like being a 23 year old and being put in that position like that is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Like, <laughs> my expectations for 23 year olds is like, I'm like, well, when I was 23, yeah. I got married <laughs> and I was managing this whole department. And I'm like, that I don't know and even I how I survived. Like, somebody who grew up in like the 50s. Yeah. That's when like, I was a kid. Yeah. Literally. Like, I'm like, what? You, you, everything that you're saying is so impressive. Like, just oh. in the base. Like and I I'm said, like, naivety was the key there. I didn't know what I was getting sometimes myself it into. Sometimes works out, though, yeah. right? Sorry. I, I, I had to. It, sometimes being. <laughs> naive going into a situation like that keeps you from realizing how daunting it is. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You, know, you don't realize 100%. it should be daunting and you're like, oh, well, this is doable. I'll, I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, everyone's biggest concern when I took over in the dairy, like I was literally the one working in the dairy and the milk cans that you lift to like some of the stuff is very manual mm. and like lifting a, a 10 gallon milk can is like, oh, <laughs> what does that even mean? It's a hundred pounds. Oh, like I was 115 pounds when oh, I was working God. in the dairy and people are like, are you even going to be able to lift those and I was like oh, no problem I'll figure it out and it's like a big joke with my um my in-laws because that first I basically took over in June and I was getting married in September so and we had a like our mm. wedding was like at our property and mm. like we did everything and we had a bunch of work weekends Aww. and they would be like yeah and Kate would just be like lifting up <laughs> 75 pound things and like slinging them over her shoulder and I was like well 
I was conditioned yeah. for it. I yeah. was doing it at work. It was all part of, part of the job, and I like had the best body in my yeah. wedding yeah. dress. I I would never be able to fit in my dress again. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I look damn good for yeah. the pictures. Heck yeah! And <laughs> like, it's I was super jacked. <laughs> and you know what the thing yeah. is too is like I feel like when you're that age. Not that I'm sure that everyone was supportive of you, but you probably had a little bit of a mentality of like, not that you are, I'm sure you were not set up to fail because it's a, it's a very successful business, but you're put in this position where you're like, oh shoot, I have to make this work. I had to make it you work know? or at least like that, it really challenged me, pushed yeah. me to like, I, that was a, I call it, um, um, what do I call it all the time? You, like leveling up. And yeah. that was like a huge moment for me of like mm -hmm. leveling up as a person. And yeah. it, it was hard. It was really, really hard. But I also at the same time, because it was a family business mm. and I had, you know, I could go to my mom and be like, oh, I need help. Yeah. In the sense of like, this isn't working or like I messed this up. Mm. And it was like, okay, well. We can figure it out. Yeah. We're going to get past it. Mm. So I definitely... You know, I think if I was, you know, thrown into that situation for like a corporation, it mm. would have been a totally different story than like, this is my family. Yeah. Um, you were able just, to make mistakes. Yeah. And but wanting it to be it. successful because of that history mm. that was there. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. It was both like, I think you kind of had both sides of it there where it's like, you're going to be supported. And, you know, it's not the end of the world if something goes wrong, but you know the family history behind it and everything that went into it and all the work that's been done. So somebody coming in out of nowhere is just going to be like, well, you know, this is just my job and I have to get this part of it done. But mm -hmm. for you, it's kind of a lot more like riding on you making sure you can get it done. So it really pushes you forward to be like, no, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, that's for sure. a lot of pressure for a young person <laughs> right out of college, man. That's crazy. I live for that, though. That's like... You know, it as I got got the dairy under control and people mm. would be like, oh, well, what's your, you know, what do you look forward to in the day to day? And it, it was like at that point, it was like, well, I kind of look forward to things going wrong, like things breaking, because <laughs> yeah. when everything is going smoothly, that's yep. like for me, idle hands are the devil's playground. Mm. And that's where the right scoop like comes from. So the, you know, a couple of years under my belt, mm. I had the dairy under control and it was like, okay. <laughs> now what can I start like Something doing? Yeah. And it was like really looking at ice cream and mm. I had a little bit of extra time and now I had some staff underneath me. So mm. it was like, okay, let's start. You know, the right scoop started as four pop-ups mm -hmm. for June Dairy Month. We literally sold the ice cream fresh out of the ice cream machine out wow. of the back door from the bakery and people loved it. Yeah. The following summer, we did one every week where mm -hmm. we did like a special Sunday and then a limited menu. Um, in the, it was just really popular. So mm. after that second summer, it was like, okay, well, what are we going to do to kind of grow on this? Mm -hmm. Pop-ups are great, but they're a lot of work. You spend yeah. a lot of time just like getting it together for this like four hour show period. And then it's like, okay, pack it all up and start over next yeah. week. Mm. Um, and we had looked at like, can we retro, is there any space to put an ice cream shop? Mm. Can we be, you know, can we take over this area of a barn? And it was just like, Everything was so expensive. And then it was like, oh, you put it on wheels and like the regulations are just like so much easier and yeah. there's a lot more flexibility. Yeah. Once, as soon as a foundation is involved, you're, you're it goes, it's like town it's so sewer, difficult. town yeah. water, yeah. like and oh, it was no. like, yeah, you know, just to put the water line in would have been like the cost of the trailer wow, pretty much. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So trying to figure out the logistics of starting the bakery and, and sorry, the 
uh, the right scoop and it being, you know, not very cost effective pushed you to do like a mobile sort of situation, which ended up being like the coolest thing ever. And I feel like it's, it's fun. again, everything happens like for a reason or falls into place because now people see, um, your, you know, your silver trailer and they're like the right scoop. Yay. Yeah. And I mean like not everything. So I'm going to use this word and I don't, it's not supposed to be negative, but everything that if you can have some kind of gimmick yeah and like even that that was just out of necessity Mm. but because it's really cool looking and it's basically it's an ice cream trailer like it's kind of like a a quote-unquote gimmick but it works really well because people like it brings attention to what Mm. you're doing yeah and i have to give credit to the um business that we worked with who actually built out the trailer Mm. because I was thinking wheels and I wasn't even thinking like, oh, I want it to be vintage or I want it to be this or I want it to be that. And, you know, I had contacted a lot of different um, like companies who do custom build outs of Mm. trailers. And I ended up, you know, I tried to get in touch with someone locally. It was really like everyone was kind of maxed out. And I ended up getting connected with this business out in um, there in Minnesota. Mm. They're called Chameleon Concessions. And um, the guy over there was like, oh, are you sure you want to go with just like a standard trailer? You know, we do a lot of like custom vintage build outs that are, you know, we find the trailer and then we just gut them and totally rehab them. And they were the ones who really were kind of like, here's some different options. Mm. Here's some, you know, the vintage route is great because it gives you a really iconic trailer, Mm. but it's also like each trailer is a little bit different and you're not <laughs> sure what you're going to get. Yeah. And um, they did a great job. I mean, we didn't, we literally didn't see that trailer until it pulled up in our That's parking crazy. lot as finished. And it was, <laughs> there's like a lot of faith in that, <gasps> oh, ha- in that man. whole process yeah. because. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, by the time we finished, it was, you know, probably close to $40,000, if not more. That was like this item that we paid for. And then it just got like trailered (gasps) to the farm. It was kind of like this big. Please let it work out. Please let it work out. And is it going to look as good? And is the quality going to be worth it? And they did an awesome job. And they were really, you know, you were talking earlier about, is it a streamlined versus an Airstream? And Mm. like the biggest difference is that the, um, the Airstreams are kind of like that stereotypical like almost twinkie shape Mm. and the airstreams have um more of like a slanted back so you have more headspace in you can stand exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) not like ducked in exactly you You have more room to be able to you know serve and whatnot so um yeah they built out the first trailer and then after the success of that we were kind of like okay we want to stick with the the look the vibe streamline and now that i've done some research into it that the streamlines of that they're um they're both the trailers we have are from the 1960s oh that's so cool and they have like five different um sizes and Mm. they all have different names so there's like an empress and an emperor and a duke and a duchess and a countess so So i'm like i need a whole royal fleet give me all of them yes oh my god like the rights scoop royal family and it's just (laughs) like little yeah that would be so cool they have some of like the yeah i found online some of like old school ads that have like the original oh man um, advertising for them yeah so that's so how much cool. of those trailers are like, and I don't even know if you know this or not because you weren't there when they were building them, but how much of it, like the outside and the inside, I'm assuming they basically gut it to a shell and then work out from the inside, but how much is original? Do you know? How good yeah, is the, the, the first one that we got, the one that's at the dairy farm, is 
like the exterior was much in much better shape and it's a pretty much all original. The outside, mm. like oh, the cool. tires, like everything is wow. very original. The second one we got was not in as good of shape. They had to do a lot more body work mm. and kind of like strip it down a little bit more. Mm. Um, you can see where there's like some patches on the stainless on the outside from gotcha. like dings and whatnot. Mm. Um, but we have actually one trailer already reserved, a third one. <gasps> Yeah. Yay. Um, which is the biggest of the three. It's the Emperor. So I think it's 32 feet or 34 feet. Nice. Um, and it's in really good shape. So we're hoping, and you know, we, we don't have any plans to finish that one this year, but mm. we're hoping next summer. So 2023, we would have a third location. <gasps> wow. Yeah. We have to get our the Providence location open and move first. our production to be able to keep up with all mm. of these sales Should outlets. Get the big one and leave a little space in the back that you can put like a tiny little bedroom <laughs> so then if you go to something like the biggie you take that one and That's then somebody true. can go in there and like relax or I, know, you know? I know i know you're gonna need to take a like a load off this is, <laughs> this is a lot of work so okay so i'm gonna get us back on this timeline because i'm so two years and you took over dairy and you created new systems you're a tiny little baby fresh out of college <laughs> you took on this huge job you succeeded there might have been some obstacles but clearly you've come out on the other side You've always been passionate about ice cream. What was the thing that like pushed you? So the pop-ups happened and you were trying to find location. Airstream happened. And then I, I guess I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around like making pastries, milking cows, making ice cream. I just it's so much like wh where how do you do all this stuff? It's a lot. And I mean, I think um, the biggest part of it, and I said this a little bit earlier, is like I was able to walk into the dairy and kind of this department that I don't want to say it had been neglected, mm. but it definitely was looking for some like entrepreneurial family spirit yeah. to yeah. kind of like kick it into overdrive. Yeah. Um, whereas if you look at the generation above me, mm. which is primarily managed by my mom and my uncle Paul, like they both went to Johnson & Wales. Mm. Their big push was the bakery. Mm -hmm. And that's where the bakery has grown so much in you the years. You expanded a couple times in the past few years, right? Yeah. So the 2015, we put on a big bakery renovation. Mm. And prior to that, we had renovated the store. Um, and so those departments had kind of that momentum. The mm. person kind of also like... Um, like a champion within the yeah. family who like wanted it was like passionate about exactly, it, wanted exactly. it to succeed. And then you came along and you had this ice cream idea, and it fit so perfectly with dairy to begin with. Yeah, and was your ice cream idea your solution to the flagging milk sales? And they yeah. said like we need to find something else we can do with this milk and still make money off of it. And you just said ice cream. Um, we had been making ice cream already, which a lot of people so think you had that the I pints in the fridge, right? Yes. Yeah. We had packaged ice cream, very limited amount of flavors. Um and so I kind of was able to take that and grow on it mm. since we were already doing it. Um Definitely have learned a lot. So where we've seen the biggest growth in sales actually has been through the start of a um, wholesale route, which was, you know, while all this other stuff was happening, I was also developing <laughs> oh a wholesale God. route. Um, because, and my biggest thought was like, we have all of the equipment already to mm. process and bottle milk. Um, milk sales were declining. And my whole thing was like, milk is a commodity and it's a convenience. And mm. for a long time, the family didn't want to expand to selling milk offsite because they thought it would take away from the sales at the farm. Mm -hmm. 
but that hasn't been the case at all. Like oh, we've nice. we've seen huge growth in uh, like wholesale milk sales and mm. like the bakery is just as busy as it's ever been. Mm. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of wholesale accounts. We work with um, some small grocery stores, mm-hmm. a lot of coffee shops. Yep. Um, but it's enough at this point, it's about half of the milk we processed goes out for wholesale and oh, half wow. is sold in the retail store. It just keeps the volume up to a point where it's worth turning on all of our equipment. Mm-hmm. We're processing about six to 7,000 gallons of milk a week. Um, That's crazy. Just as like packaged fluid milk. And mm. in comparison, even in like the peak of summer, we're maybe making like 200 gallons of ice cream. Wow. So it's like much smaller. Wow. Um, but ice cream is so much more value added. So mm. you, mm. you know, we're only maybe making 200 gallons of ice cream, but mm. probably bringing in the same amount of sales as those 6,000 gallons of That's, milk because milk yeah. is like, you can only charge so much for a gallon mm. of milk. And you know, what's funny. I'm just, I'm kind of thinking about it now is like you were saying how the milk sales has kind of gone down. People are drinking less milk or maybe getting some sort of milk alternative and why that's very much the case for milk. It's funny because with ice cream, like you want it to be made with like real milk from a farm, from a cow. So it's funny how like the thing that kind of stinks about what's happening with like drinkable milk is actually the exact opposite for like an ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. And like the milk alternative ice creams are, they're okay, but they're not the same. (laughs) Not the same. It's just, you can just tell the difference. Yeah. And you guys have um, like cow to cone. Can you explain that a little bit? I don't know if that's easy to explain or if it's like very... I don't know. But no, I I mean, cow to cone is how we market our ice cream because mm-hmm. it starts with the cows and we're responsible for that milk in the ice cream all the way until it's a cone or, you know, a pint or something being mm-hmm. sold to the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also talk about our milk as being moo to you. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of story. So, um, you know, all of our dairy products the quality of them really starts on the farm with how we take care of the animals. You know, we're growing probably 85 to 90% of the feed that we're feeding to the cows. Mm. You know, we're maintaining open space. We're making hay. We're growing corn. Mm. Like that's, we're really doing that in Mm. the areas around the farm. We maintain about 400 acres of crops. That's crazy. Which is like, that's a lot of open space. Um, And so- we have our herd of cows is about 110 that we're milking. Mm. You know, people are like, oh my God, that's so many cows. But a lot of dairy farms are like thousands mm. of cows. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, it's maybe three full-time family members who work on the farm oh, wow. who are like really with the cows every day. Mm. Um, and, you know, happy cows produce high quality milk. Mm. And once we have that high quality milk, you know, my department in the dairy is really taking that milk and making sure that the quality stays high, mm. making sure it gets pasteurized in a timely manner, making sure that the tanks are washed properly and everything, all the equipment is running correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because everything is happening at the farm, like we're milking the cows, we're processing the milk, we're making the ice cream mix, we can turn that product around so quickly. Mm. And that's really where you see the difference in quality. Mm. Um For, you know, most dairy farms are just farms and they sell their milk to a pool or a hauler Mm. who will pick up maybe at three or four different farms and then bring it to a central processing facility. Um, 
then, you know, it has to go on a truck. There's sometimes multiple days of delay. That mm -hmm. milk's getting mixed with, you know, milk from lots of different farms that may have varying standards oh, of wow. what they consider. You know, there are like set rules that they have to stay within. And there's um, guidelines from federal that are like, you know, testing as far as like microbial counts and everything mm. in the milk. Not to say that like there's anything wrong with the milk supply. And we also, we live in New England where most of the milk that's produced in New England stays in New England. Mm. Milk is a heavy product. You know, you were not like hauling in <laughs> milk from upstate New York yeah. to the plants in Rhode Island. Yeah. The few plants that are here are getting most of their milk from like Eastern Connecticut, mm -hmm. Western Mass, maybe some from Vermont. Mm. Um, but it's the whole milk market is kind of crazy. Yeah. I learned a lot about it <laughs> when we went through COVID. Yeah. Because we've always tried to operate where we have um, as much milk as we need to process for our farm mm -hmm. and have a little bit of surplus so that we can cover ourselves. Um, and when everybody went into lockdown last year and the supply chains were so crazy and the grocery store shelves like had no milk. Yeah. We were literally processing like every day, every drop of milk that we oh had on the farm. And so we had to explore the idea of like, okay, this is a literally a not like a state of emergency. <laughs> and although we don't want to buy milk from other farms yeah. in this time of need, yep. like we purchased milk from another dairy farm. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, how do I get that milk? from like a specific dairy farm mm. so that someone that we know that are like family friends, the mm -hmm. quality is similar to ours, the diet of the cows is similar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like how do we make that happen? Mm. And, you know, I always, there's, for the most part, milk is like, the farms are part of a co-op. So you have Agrimark, which operates Cabot. You have Gaida, mm. who is in Connecticut. They operate like the farmer's cow. They also own Roadie Fresh, which nobody yeah. really knows about. Mm. So like all of Roadie Fresh milk mm -hmm. is processed in Connecticut and brought back into Rhode Island. It's primarily a marketing, um, I don't want to say scheme, but it's a, yeah. it, you know, it started originally as the dairy farms in Rhode Island, but mm. it's not like the milk is going on a specific truck from a specific farm and getting tracked that way. Mm. All of the milk goes on all the same trucks mm. and then everything then gets worked out on paper. Yep. I have this picture in my head of like, you know, like the big like cylinder water trucks and somebody's just dumping milk into them. <laughs> is that pretty much That's what it is? Exactly. Wow. The, those big trucks, they hold about like 18,000 pounds. Wow. So about 2,000 gallons plus, depending on the size of the tanker. And, you know, you have the processors, you have the co-ops, and then you have the actual people who are hauling the milk. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is like <laughs> the most valuable relationship you can have is with the hauler. Yep. Because if everything's getting worked out on paper, as long as you know your hauler and you know where they're going to before you, <laughs> that's how you're going to get the milk that you want clean. Oh. Um, not clean, not that it's dirty, but no. like if I wanted yeah. milk I from a everything. single source, yep. like 
when we have a it great hasn't been mixed with another farm yet exactly i can you know talk to our hauler since they're the ones actually moving the milk mm. and then everything just gets sorted out on paper afterwards so agrimark is a co-op in dfa dairy farmers of america they're mm. a national co-op and i always kind of figured like they have their own trucks on the road they're hauling separately. No, it's all getting hauled together wow. on the same trucks. That's crazy. Yeah. So even when you have someone who's like, oh, we're part of Agrimark Co-op and these are the Agrimark farms, you it may be getting matter. milk from a DFA farm. Wow. But because it's a federal commodity yep. and it's regulated that way, they can do that. Wow. Yeah. There's like, it's so funny because anytime we've talked to someone on the on the podcast um, like some breweries, a distillery, and now a dairy, like dairy farming. I'm like, there's so much that goes into something that you literally have no yeah, we idea. We all just take it for granted. Yeah, it like it's crazy. Show. Like yeah. there's, there's so much like science and animals and farming and agriculture and oh my God, like yeah. that's crazy. That's always a big argument with like um, meat production and stuff is like that too. Uh, where it's like you, most people just don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't. Well, and it's also I feel like so much of the information you get is from like a you take like a, a journalist will find like one little nugget of information mm. and then mm. kind of like blow it out of proportion. And mm. it's like, OK, let's be real. Yeah. Whenever we get someone who's like a hater to the dairy industry, I'm like, come to the farm at 4 a.m. I'll show you. We have nothing yeah. to hide from you. Well, I was going to say what's well, really. The, but the, the funky thing and not for you guys because you're a smaller operation, but like. I think it's the distrust of like people that like the ag gag laws where like you can't actually go to like a lot of these really big processing facilities mm. and take any pictures or videos and then take them out. You can mm. go to prison for it. Yeah. Oh, so like, yeah, because they don't want, they don't want people to know what happens in the really big ones. So yeah. I think yeah. that just makes people distrusting of everything, whether Absolutely. it's small places or big places. Yeah. Which... And questions, things that happen. Mm. Um, but like my sister works as a, dairy cow nutritionist and consultant so she works with a lot of dairy farms in new england that is the cutest job title i've ever heard in my she's life she's like she's pretty badass that is, actually that she's, is like she's the only female dairy cow nutritionist wow. who's independent who works like independently not for like a business in all of new england oh my god yeah, wow. yeah that's she's incredible. pretty cool she's a badass hi yeah. i love your job title and you're so cool <laughs> i want to have that job title that's like just a cool job title like that's you have to have like so much education and like so much experience to have that as like a you know what I mean. And like, she's that's... a nutritionist, but the consulting part is like mm. so much, and like consulting is so much being like I like a therapist mm. and a like I've gone with her on some of her farm calls and it's like talking to these multi generational family yeah. businesses and like the dynamics and mm. people and management and it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, and then trying to tell <laughs> one of them like. Uh... Like what? Well, we've been doing it like this forever, uh, but we're having this issue. And then she says, "Well, this is your issue." And they say, "No, that can't be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not happening. Yeah. We've been doing this for fifty years, like this." And like she has such a great perspective because she also does the nutrition for our farm, mm -hmm. and like she went through the whole thing of coming back to our family farm mm -hmm. and like sees those dynamics. Mm -hmm. And like her husband is what is our herd manager at our Aww, farm, so like she so definitely cool. has a good perspective to be able to go to these other farms and be like, okay. <laughs> it is also just funny like the amount of positions and there's like so a, many positions like a, a dairy farm or something because uh, again people that come in you out take of it nowhere, for granted it's a big business like yeah. i get that but like when you we come have in over a hundred employees <laughs> who work for us That's and, crazy. and like 
I mean, we have a very high labor budget. We pay like almost 50% of what we bring in goes right back to paying wow. people. Um, but so much of what we do is made by hand. Mm. You know, the bakery is like. And the quality of everything that you produce, like the ice cream, the milk, the baked goods, like every little thing. It's like you can tell that you really put a lot of care and effort and clearly money into that and into your employees who care about I, what they're doing. I tell people that all the time. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm from North Smithfield, but like <laughs> everybody, if somebody brings up like a, and there's tons of good bakeries and stuff out there, but I'm always like, now nah, Wrights is the best. Oh, yeah. You guys are the Thank best. You. It just is. And that's definitely something as we grow you know, we're really, really conscious of like, how do we maintain mm. that, you know, that we are a family business mm. while also growing and being more efficient. And like, you know, I don't want, we don't want to be corporate, mm. but at some degree having some like corporate systems do make yeah, you, you more have efficient. To. With that, 100 employees, like it, you get, you somehow you get to a point where you're like, we're a family owned business, but like, there's, this is not just family anymore, and people are depending on you and your family and the business. So yeah. it's like you have to mix both. And I think you do a good job with it too, because uh, like the expansion of the store, the bakery itself, um, it doesn't feel any less like a family business than it did before. There I would be think. people who would argue about that. I have come I'm across sure some are. haters. There's a lot of people that <laughs> tell those haters to things. come to us, and we'll we'll set them <laughs> straight. Have you been there, uh, Sasha, in person? To the farm? Yeah. I haven't been in a while, but I would I used to go like with um family. Like we would pick up the pastries and like always like drive by like and see the cows and stuff and but I haven't like Yeah, the little kids. You always bring the little kids. Yeah, I haven't been cows. in a while, or honestly. The, little, the pen with all the baby cows in it. Like, I haven't physically been, but I will tell you this much. I have eaten a lot <laughs> of pastries and ice cream from Wrights, even though I haven't been to the physical farm <laughs> in like maybe two years I haven't been to the physical Physical yeah, farm. not much has changed in the yeah. past two years, I would say. We are working on a renovation off the back that will um, give us some more space in the mm. dairy. And then we're going to be moving the actual like freezing of the ice cream. We'll mm. continue to make the mix at the farm, but we'll send that ice cream base that we make um, to Farm Fresh where we're going to be opening a new location and you'll be able to actually see the ice cream being made oh God, there. We'll have so like cool. a big glass viewing window. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to see the ice cream coming out of Almost the machine. Like, a, like going to a brewery, you see all the exactly stuff like in the an ice cream yeah. brewery. That's so cool. <laughs> Did you when you decided the ice cream was going to be like your champion thing? Like you're going to champion for this ice cream. Did the family and like the other generations who work at the farm were they all behind it, or did you really have to sell them on it? Um, I think the biggest thing with the family is kind of like proof of concept mm. before investment. Mm. And I was able to do that with the pop-ups yeah. and the growth of that. And mm. because we started with a trailer, instead of putting in like a full-fledged building, that all kind of like that momentum was there mm. to for proof of concept. Um, but I do have to give my mom a ton of credit. She's the oldest on the fourth generation Aww. and current like, you know, CEO. She's mm. the big boss. Yay, big um, boss. And she's a huge supporter of my ideas and yeah. the new generation and just like evolving. That's mm. her biggest thing is every generation she feels to the business has brought like what that the business has needed to mm. like keep it relevant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, her generation brought the bakery yeah. and really growing that. Mm. And, you know, that goes back, you know, three generations to different family members who did things in the past. Mm. So she really sees, you know, me as kind of taking mm. the lead there. I'm one of the oldest on my generation. The youngest mm. is 
four. So there's a <laughs> huge age gap. Yeah. Um, and my cousin Grace works in the bakery mm. under my uncle Paul, who's her dad. My cousin Sam is working in the retail store. Mm. Um, both like, you know, have passions for the business, but I don't see everyone from my generation like wanting to do something. Mm. Like my brother and sister, like my sister does the consulting part. My brother's like, I don't want anything to Bye. do with that. <laughs> he has his own garage. He's a mechanic. Yeah. Oh, he has cool. his own business. Yeah. He, that's like, he likes that. So. Yeah, that's awesome though. Yeah, and I think it's really smart of her anyway, uh, not just to keep the business going, like as in like, because every generation you're going to have to come up with ideas that that move you and move you forward, but also letting the next generation feel like they're heard is a good way to keep people in the family business. Mm, if you just always totally. tell everybody that they're wrong and then keep yeah. doing what I'm telling you to do, then that's how you end up with a whole group of kids who say, no, nah, I'm good. And my mom, we're also really lucky that we're super close. Mm. Like we yeah. will work all day together and then like go and hang out and like talk more uh, about work or like mm. we're just very close and um, birds of a feather, I guess you could say. I think there's a lot of like, you know, parent child dynamics mm. that like there's a lot of headbutting but mm. it's equal like there's respect on both mm. sides that like she has a lot of like knowledge from all of her years and but I'm coming to the table with kind of a different perspective yeah. and how you know we definitely have heated conversations and we definitely disagree on <laughs> yeah. things sometimes but, but like that's part of it at right? the end of the day yeah we you know figure it out and we keep moving well, forward. if you're agreeing on everything something's probably going wrong yeah honestly and yeah. It, it I think when there's pushback it almost I mean at least any time that I've had to deal with someone pushing back on something even like before when you started at the dairy like it's you that it gives you that fire, like, okay, there's push pushback. Let me show you why it's going to work or let me show you why it's going to be okay. And then at the end of the day, right, like, let's just say there was pushback on starting the right scoop. Well, now look, like, you've proven that. It well, and I'm the classic person of, like, tell me I can't do it yeah. and I'll prove you <laughs> well, otherwise. Well, I mean, you've lifted oh, yeah. up, that, one, you've yeah, lifted up yeah. that 100 pounds of milk when you were the yeah. same weight. Yeah. So <laughs> clearly you can do all things. Yeah. Um, I need to know, as, like, just a fun question, what is your favorite baked good from Wright's? And then what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, ice cream flavor is easy. Okay. Anything black raspberry, oh. black raspberry Oreo for sure. But okay. what you will come to find out as an ice cream connoisseur is it's not just what your favorite flavor is, but like what's your order? Uh, so like I am a black raspberry yeah. ice cream in a wafer cone okay. with chocolate sprinkles. That sounds great. Some people are like very much a bowl or a cup mm. person. Some yeah. people it's like sprinkles, no sprinkles. Yep. My mom would be like, Hot fudge sundae with vanilla oh, ice cream, no so cherry good. on top. Yeah. Like there has to be walnuts on it. You know, so like <laughs> I've come to learn that it's not just the flavor. It's like it's like the whole the, order. Yeah, exactly. When I was growing up, um, my mom used to get we used to go to like Newport Creamery, right? Like when we were when I was a kid, she used to get orange sherbet on a cone, the flat cone. I don't know which name that wafer, cone is. The wafer. Or okay. cake cone. Okay. Some people call them cake cones. So she would get that. And as a kid, I would get like, you know, the chocolate or the Oreo and I always thought, oh, orange sherbet on a cone, like how gross, like no way. And now that is all I will eat. And that is my order. Like it has to be orange sherbet and it has to be on the flat cone. Yep. Like I can't have it on 
the pointy cone. I can't have it on like it. Ha- that's it. It has to be that. And it's funny because every time I get one now, I send it to her. I'm like, remember all those times I told you that it was disgusting? Well, now it's my favorite ice cream. Yeah, she was telling me that last night, and I was like, that sounds gross. It's so good. <laughs> oh my I'm god. Big, I like short sure. And honestly, I would go orange sugar with chocolate sprinkles on oh. it because you get that like chocolate covered citrus. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. try like, that next those, time. Those chocolate oranges that were really yeah, popular. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to like bang on yep. something. Yeah. Man, yep. that's a game changer. Those sprinkles. I'm gonna yeah. try that. Oh my god. Yeah. So that black raspberry Oreo, definitely my favorite ice cream flavor. Mm. Favorite bakery item. Mm. Oh man. Mine was a- always melt aways. Meltaways, especially when they're like warm out of the mm. oven, they're, it's hard because I'm so jaded. There are things that when they come right out of the oven are like, these are the best thing yep. and you can only eat them like in that short right window of when they're warm. Um, as far as like if I had to go into the bakery and pick something, mm. chocolate covered cheesecake, oh. definitely high on my list of things. I think our cheesecake is one of the best cheesecakes you can get anywhere. Carrot cake. Mm. I really love cream cheese frosting. Mm. My favorite from you guys is, I don't know if this is like the right term of it, just stra- the strawberry shortcake cake. That's like I'll also, oh if I go somewhere God. for a birthday and they have our strawberry shortcake, I'm like, all right, I'm yeah, going to Yeah, it's so this. good. <laughs> and you know what else is really good from you guys? I always, whenever we get an assortment, I always get one and I kind of forget about them because I feel like they're kind of an underrated dessert are brownies. Your brownies are freaking so good. And every time I see them, I'm like, no, I'd rather like, you know, get like the something more like jazzed up whatever yeah and then i always like take a bite and i'm like damn yeah the brownies brownies are so good they're like fudgy Mm. and oh my god some people don't like our brownies but definitely if there's like (laughs) like a broken brownie by the coffee pot which is like where everything goes to die i'm definitely gonna eat that brownie yeah cookies i eat a lot of cookies just like you're walking down the hallway to (laughs) production it's like oh there's a rack of cookies (laughs) guess i'll have one of these you have to taste test yeah well you have to make sure it's not poison right remember that when your mom would like take a french fry oh i have to make sure it's not poison you're like girl (laughs) okay um yeah i think i had um a flavor of your ice cream i'm gonna say the name wrong it was like either monster mash or monster mashup Oh my God, that was, I can't even tell you what was in it because I literally took a bite. I looked down and there was no more ice cream left. Like it disappeared in a second. It was so good. And I'm not like, I like ice cream, but I'm not like, I'm, I would, honestly, I would go to like a brownie before I went to like an ice cream. So when I like ate, I'm like, oh, I'll have a bite or two. I literally like ate the entire pint, like very embarrassing, but it was so good. (laughs) It was so good. And like I was saying before, you, um, my uh, my husband it works with you guys, and he always brings treats home. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, can you stop? Like, I don't need more sweet. I don't need this anymore because if it's in my house, I will eat it. Hence the ice cream being gone. And you guys do um, a batch, a test batch club, yeah? Yeah. So the test batch club, This is, we're going on our third season of the test oh, batch cool. club. Yeah. And it really, you know, the test patch club started because um, in 2019, we had our first like full time ice cream production staff that Mm. was hired. Um, And it was kind of like, okay, we have this staff member who we brought on and ice cream is super seasonal. So it's like gangbusters in the summer. And then, you know, we have the holiday season in the bakery where we can kind of redirect that person to help other departments. Mm -hmm. But then come January, it's like, okay, 
what do we what do, do we with do? this person yeah. and how do we keep them employed? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was really that person, Kaylee, who was like, oh, what if we do like some and we've always we always want to try new flavors and you never have time to do that in the yeah. summer. It's just way too busy. It's too busy. Yeah. Um, so we're like, what if we, you know, instead of just like trialing all these flavors, because mm. our batch size is like six gallons for oh, like wow. an actual scaled batch. Um, it was like you know, you end up with six gallons of ice cream That's and it's lot. like, what do we do with you can't, this Yeah, now? you don't want to trash that. You want to be able yeah, to Yeah, exactly. It. There mm. is like a pretty big um, financial cost to mm. like trialing all of these recipes and we had this downtime in the winter and it was like, what if we like sell test batch memberships mm. where like people actually get to try the ice cream. So they cool. can give us feedback so mm. that we're not just in this echo chamber of like, you know, this is what we like. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are what are our actual customers like? Yeah. Um, we had huge success. That was in 2019, or I guess the season actually was 2020. Mm. Like the last pints were being given out like as COVID was starting. Oh which man, was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then 2021, which was you know it runs January, February, March. We mm. scaled up to 500 members. Wow. And the whole goal is for us to actually keep all of our ice cream staff that we need through the summer employed mm. through the winter and some of our key sales staff as well so mm. that we can bring in strong leads for the summer. They can work the summer. They can be part of that fl- flavor trialing. Like we do now actually a lot of the like, uh, like we already have the lineup for flavors that we're going to run for the f- um this coming test batch club season. Mm. Um, and we've been like micro trialing them yep. and trying to make sure we have like a good variety of flavors. Mm. Um, we do, we'll always do like an A and a B batch. So we mm. have a couple flavors that are like, you know, do you like it better this way or that way? Oh my God. Last that's year so we cool. did, last year we did some A and B batches that were like, here's our existing formula mm-hmm. and here's another yeah. variation of it. Oh, wow. So we've definitely learned a lot. Have you ever gone for like a really creative flavor and made that six gallon batch and been like, this is disgusting? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we have, which is why now we start with like a, a like a little, batch. yeah, we do yeah. like a one quart trial. So we had maybe like 20 flavors that we did little one quart trials of them. One of them was an olive oil base and we were all like, it wasn't good. Wow, I, I, like I would I've heard think of it other people good. doing an olive oil base. I one. think it would be really good. Mm. The olive oil that we used was just like run of the mill olive oil. Oh, and when you, you have nothing really else but like mm. that oil flavor, mm-hmm. it's got to be really, you know, <laughs> it's fresh be yeah, oil yeah. from like a good location. It reminds me of like, um, what's the ice cream place in like Portland, Oregon? They're all over the place on the West Coast. It's salt like and straw. Salt and straw. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. And they have some of those really wacky flavors. Yeah. But like, and some of them, in my opinion, don't work. But like, yeah. there's a couple people Has out there that been... like them, I guess. Yeah. They did like a whole Thanksgiving line, I think. No. That's like, really? yeah. That's kind wacky. Of like stuffing and no! things like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It's I don't really think I'd wacky flavors <laughs> yeah. out there. Has there been any really wacky flavors that you're like, there's no way this is going to be good, but we're going to try it? And they end up being like the bomb? Um, pickle or something <laughs> we actually we did cream. trial this was like outside of test batch club we were trying to do um a collaboration with so, so we have a lot of the crazy flavors have been kind of through collaborations mm. Mm. one of them last year we worked with um 
Aura's chocolate, which oh, is also in Warwick. Yeah. And we did like a Mexican hot chocolate that was spicy. Oh my God. Huge learning curve that cayenne blooms in the freezer <laughs> and gets way spicier. Oh so God. like trying it out of the ice cream machine versus having it sit was like, so different. Yes, oh, very man. spicy. Very, very spicy. <gasps> that, that does was... sound good, though. Like the, the Mexican hot chocolate with like a little kick to it. I feel like that's got to be really yeah. tasty. We also like we're in northern Rhode Island. We're not in the city. And we feel like we have to be super conscious about yeah. what flavors we're choosing. I'm mm. excited to be moving to Providence because I think we're going to be Wackier. able to be a little bit funkier. Yeah, totally. Um, But we also have like a lot of like a lot of our demographic for the scoop shop are kids. Mm. So they're not going to try like. Spicy ice cream. They're like yeah. chocolate, vanilla, maybe throw in an Oreo, maybe. Yeah, Oreos, definitely a huge crowd pleaser to put Oreos in anything. Um, so. You can I've, do some kind of like a little batch where it's like a, a bunch of different ones and they're all wacky flavors. It's like birdie, what is it, birdie? Uh, birdie bots every birdie flavor bar- beans. Ah! Yeah. yeah. That would be so funny. And those people have to guess what they are. Oh my something. god! Yeah, like a contest. Yeah. We're just like throwing out ideas here. Like she's like, yeah, it takes she's so long like, yeah, to make these yeah, ice thanks, creams. Thanks. Like, okay, guys, great idea, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, and another ice cream. <laughs> another part of our, you know, so we have the test batch club, and we do really want like constructive feedback mm. when we have flavors. So. Mm. You know, we know that everybody loves Oreos and ice cream. So yeah. it's kind of like a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make a flavor and we're like, oh, just put Oreos so, in it. Yeah. Everyone will love it. Yeah, right. Um, One of the I'll let this be a little sneak peek for one of the <gasps> Test Batch Club flavors. But I've been wanting to come up with a tractor tracks is, you know, Ooh. like people have moose tracks yeah. and all these different ones. And the tractor tracks, I'm not going to say what's in it, but I have eaten several pints already. <laughs> it's like, I'm always like in the freezer, like, where are the tractor that tracks? That sounds so good. Yeah, it's, oh I'm God. really excited for that. Do you feel like the people who are part of the test batch club, do you feel like most of the feedback is like, are there any haters? Oh, there's always haters. There's always haters. Yeah. Because I feel like, I mean, just based off of and this is like my own personal thoughts. Like if you're going to be part of a test batch club, I feel like you got to be pretty like on board and like pretty happy about it. Right. Because that's just like a happy thing. You're yeah. testing ice we've, cream. We've also got some haters this year. I got this email from someone that was like, you know, it would be a much better marketing gig if you just gave away all your test flavors and didn't charge people for oh them. God. It's it's a scheme that you're, you know, charging people to try these flavors. And I was like, uh, I was uh, <laughs> I sent like, back a little bit free? of a snarky <laughs> response and he was like, "Oh, I didn't think anyone re- would respond to this. I'm a small business owner too." And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just trying to keep my staff employed. Yeah. This is not a I'm not making a million dollars off yeah. of this. Like we're trialing new flavors, we're trying to, you know, be more efficient mm. and trial new processes because as much as it's new flavors, it's also like how can, you know, when you add, start adding, it's called inclusions when you add like cookies mm. or a ripple or something like that through the ice cream, it dramatically increases the amount of time to make that batch of ice cream. We oh, are wow. literally stirring in these inclusions as the ice cream wow. is coming out of the machine. We're doing it by hand. Mm. And most of them we're also making in the bakery. So like brownies, yes, oh. we bake a tray of brownies. Then we cut it up by hand and make sure that they're in the right size oh, pieces. Then we have to freeze them because yep. you can't just throw them all in the 
ice cream, yeah. they'll clump together. Which I would not have guessed. I would have been like, oh, they're just throwing <laughs> them in there. You have to freeze them. That's crazy. Um, and then like, how long does it take? Yeah. And how do you, how many brownies is the right ratio? Mm. And that's always a question we ask because now you're putting it in a pint container mm. and like we're hand scooping into the pints. So it's, you know, does every pint have enough brownie in mm. it? You don't want some pints that have like all of the brownie and, and some pints none. that have less. So like yeah. some of the things we're looking at at the test batch club are like really behind the scenes. Mm. Like how do we actually mix the ice cream as it comes out of mm -hmm. the machine to make sure that the inclusions are, you know, spread out evenly mm. and that everybody's getting a little bit of what they want. Totally. So. And I like one of the first things you said about the test batch club when we brought it up is like we want the people who ha are working in the summer to also be able to work in the winter like that alone for this random person who was like you should do it for free like okay buddy are you gonna pay these people salaries over the winter months when like yeah, for I want to be able to pay my staff well yeah. I want to not have them just making minimum wage mm. like that's a huge problem in the food industry right totally. now is like the how much you can pay people and just competition for labor mm -hmm. and being able to retain employees. And I feel like doing this with those employees who are so busy in the summer, winter, obviously it's going to be a little slower, but it's it's kind of like ownership of the product too. Like they're proud of it. They get to to be part of the feedback. Oh, this one doesn't maybe have enough brownies. This one maybe has too much X, Y, Z. Like they get to be part of the discussion. And I feel like when you have employees who are part of that, they they care more and they want to yeah, be part of that. Absolutely. And there's huge buy-in from the ice cream staff because mm. they are part of that creative process. Mm -hmm. And also from the customers because they're also part of that creative process. Totally. So yeah, I mean... It, it's a hundred dollars to join the club, but it's you get it ends up being fifteen pints. We advertise it as thirteen, but it ends up being fifteen. Jeez, it's three months. If you look at That's any, if you look at any major ice cream maker who yeah. sells pints of ice cream, like I think it averages out to like six dollars, five to six dollars a pint. And yeah. like if you look at Jenny's, mm. you're looking at ten to twelve dollars a pint of ice cream. Mm. So like it's, it's really it. not that far-fetched. Yeah. They're unique flavors that we may never run again. So you like you get that part of it mm. and you get to give us feedback mm. and we take that and we use that for the menu. Like I think almost half of the flavors that we did last year ended up on the menu during the summer for oh, the wow. scoop shop with some variations because we mm. had to change some things. So yeah, I hope that if the, for the people who are listening, if you love ice cream, do this freaking batch thing. Because it's so cool. It, you get ice cream all winter long and it gets you hyped up for the summer when you get to actually like go to the trailer and see, go get your clam cakes, go get your ice cream. Like it, it kind of. you get to go to the uh, the trailer and see which one of those test yeah. there And we it. had so many people last year who were like, I love this flavor. I was part of the test batch oh, club so and this yeah. is one of the ones that I said should be on the menu. Yeah. So like that's really fun too. And new this year for the Test Batch Club is we'll, you'll be able to pick up pints if you buy a membership. You can pick up in Providence mm. or you can pick up in Warren at the Blount oh Market God. or you can pick up at the farm. So we have three pickup locations to make it super convenient. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we're hoping that the Providence location will be open in some capacity sometime in January. Mm, awesome. Um, we won't be like making ice cream there until the summer because there's some super equipment delays mm. that we're waiting on yeah. for stuff, which is really unfortunate, yeah. but it's just the world we live in right now. Mm -hmm. um, but we're hoping we can at least get the retail portion open nice. and have pickups there and mm. we're maybe be able to 
scoop some trial, some Yee! like sample sizes of the test batch flavors Fingers too crossed. for people who don't make it into the club. So, mm. well, I I know that you you've given us a lot of your time, and I know you had to wake up early, and I appreciate you being here. And I just have to say, as someone who kn- literally knew nothing about like dairy farming and all the work that goes into it, and then the ice cream side, I'm so impressed by everything you do. I think it's so nice for people who don't realize that we have this. I'm. If people who don't realize that like Wright's Dairy Farm is actually like a working farm, it's just nice to have that like localness and know that like your ice cream is coming from happy cows. Like your milk is coming from happy cows. And it's it's cool that you can support this small local. Well, it's not small. But I say small local farm. Like this local farm. I mean, we're small in the grand scheme of yeah, things. Yeah. And know? I just think it's super yeah, impressive. Some farms are like Small is such acres. a relative, yeah, <laughs> relative right? term. We're the smallest state, so everything here is small. It, it can't <laughs> yeah. be big. Yeah, um, exactly. So, there are like ranches in Texas that are like the size of our entire state. Yeah. So you're <laughs> so. a small farm. <laughs> but we just appreciate all the work that you've done, you know, to, to to make people trust in farming and and see happy cows and get the most amazing baked goods that have ever existed in the world, um, and now ice cream. Uh, I just I'm I'm so impressed by everything you guys have done, um, and I'm so happy that you came here. We usually do like a yeah, where to your, find uh, you time to be like oh well, we're on Instagram at yeah. this and our yeah. website and so we the Wright's Dairy Farm um, dot com is mm-hmm. for the bakery and there's a lot of our history on there you mm. can place orders online and we have um, Facebook and Instagram where Wright's Bakery RI um, and then the ice cream which is the Wright Scoop RI mm-hmm. is our website for just ice cream and we also have an Instagram and Facebook for the Wright Scoop um, and we're going to be doing a little rebranding. Cool. The location in Providence will be calling Wright's Creamery. Oh. And we'll kind of be, the Wright Scoop will kind of be falling under Wright's Creamery. Mm. So we're going to kind of transition over to that brand. But that will probably launch for June Dairy Month next year. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I had one other question and it just escaped my mind because I'm so excited. Oh. How do people join the Test Batch Club? Yeah, if you go onto our website, mm-hmm. there's a big button at the top <laughs> of the website at the um, the rightscoopri.com. Mm-hmm. You can click on there and you can purchase a membership. Cool. We have really nice insulated bags that come with the purchase of the membership. So if you want to give it as a gift, oh, you can pick up the you can you can buy online and then come to the store and pick up the bag, or you can go to the store and buy everything all together. And mm-hmm. there's a membership packet that has all the information. Is there a deadline to join? Um, we will cut memberships the last day of December. Okay. That will be like the end of sales. So okay. that'll give us a couple of weeks to like get all of our production planning in order and figure out actually how many pints we need to make mm. and how many are going to each location and finalize the member list, which mm-hmm. are like a lot. <laughs> all the things you don't realize. It's like, yay, let's sell all these ice cream memberships. And it's like, ah! how do I manage a database? <laughs> how do I make sure? Hurry you know, for Excel. And, <laughs> Yeah, I've learned so much. And then people email and, you know, we're literally just like three people oh behind God. some computers with like a bunch of <laughs> spreadsheets and like using Square. And they're like, oh, my God, why didn't I get this confirmation? And I'm like, I don't I know, because it's like an auto reply <laughs> from uh, yep. Google. That's like not super reliable. Like, this is me confirming. You're all set. Thank you. Bye. Oh, good. Um, and one last question yeah. before we end. When is ice cream season? When does that start for like 
the summer or the spring, whatever. Yeah, we will be open. Both trailers should be open by the first weekend in May. Cool. For sure. Cool. And Yay. then we will be scooping in Providence, mm-hmm. but as far like that, so much of that rope is a side effect of like if we have the freezers in that's like this is what we're waiting on there's a global shortage on a material that they use to make the cooler insulated Mm. walls oh my god no just like everything else there's a global shortage we're having the same issue with paper for our magazines oh it's so aggravating yeah so once we get the freezers in place which i also want to talk to farm fresh because they might have some storage in their Mm. freezers so that we can we can get the dipping get cabinets started. where we actually scoop the ice cream mm. out of. It's a matter yeah. of like, how do we have any back How do you stock? store it? Yeah. yeah. So, so much. Um, I would say by May, we'll mm. definitely be scooping at both trailers. And then by June, the latest, we'll be scooping in Providence. If not, cool. we'll be scooping sooner in some capacity. Cool. We're pretty good at bootstrapping our way through things. It seems like <laughs> it. I got to say, I'm very, I just keep getting more and more impressed by you and your team and um, the cows and stuff. I just yeah. love cows. They're so cute. Necessity is the mother of invention. So yeah. we just figure <laughs> it out. Lots of problem solving. Oh, yeah. And if you, uh, as listeners, if you've never been to uh, the dairy farm, um, especially if you have little kids, if you go when it gets a little warmer outside and they can go see the, the cows and the baby cows. It's and so cute. Walk around Although this and... time of year, sometimes the baby cows have little jackets on. Oh, and I mean, come on. They're so go cute. Now. So just go right now. So go yeah. right. Stop what you're <laughs> doing and go now you need to go now yeah we're open every day okay um no it's we're definitely busier on the weekends mm. so coming like during the week mm-hmm. if you don't have work and have young kids i think is the best time to come because it's oh, quiet that's so yeah. fun like go weekends is like lying around the building busy yeah <laughs> you guys are busy crazy. busy <laughs> especially december where we're yeah. like it's thanksgiving oh, yeah, kicked, thanksgiving and... kicked our butt for oh, sure geez. it was some long hours for sure for everyone so oh, yeah. we're trying to like take figure a breather out. Yeah, and we, we will be closed. We like close four days a year. So <laughs> we're going to be closed um, January 2nd and 3rd to give everybody kind of well, a Well, you deserve day it. Off, which is a caveat because like the cows never get a day off. Oh. And like everyone who works on the farm, yeah. they all have to be there regardless. Yeah. But it's still at least quieter. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing nobody thinks of when they're like, oh, being a farmer would be cool. It's like, well, you don't get days off. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I the, mean. The animals are there. Yeah. And like <laughs> so. Christmas morning as a kid was like. Oh, when's dad coming home? And it was oh. inevitable that there was some kind of cow incident like on you'd Christmas have to go morning. Do something, help out. My or- college, my college um, essay was about the Christmas that we all spent. Like all the cows had gotten loose. Like someone oh was God. rushing to get home for Christmas and like yeah. left a gate open, <gasps> and like all the cows no. were just like wandering through oh the field. And we were like, <laughs> like that's how we spent Christmas morning, right. like all together as Yay. a family, but like rounding up the cows. Yay. Hey, let's go home, please, for hot chocolate. <laughs> so. um, well, thank you so much, Kate. We appreciate you. And we're so excited about the Farm Fresh location and all the cool things you have going on. And thanks for giving us your time. Thanks for having me. It's been great chatting. Yay. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.